Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Female Holistic Health Apothecary. Here we talk about all things naturopathy and regarding female health. We talk about the benefits of essential oils. We talk about acupuncture, holistic health, and most importantly, topics of female health that are not typically covered by the mainstream media, medical cover-ups, medical conspiracies, and so forth. So sit back, flip on your diffuser, Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome to a concurrent episode of the Female Holistic Health Apothecary and the Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about some of the double standards that have to do with alcohol and drinking. Now, I mean, why is this going to be an episode on holistic health and on the Awakened Man? Well, on the Awakened Man, of course, we talk about optimizing all aspects of your life, and one of them is your physical health. And we do talk about it in the holistic section because alcohol is a killer. Let, let's be real. The thing is, like, so many people are in denial about this. Just like you see the rise in denial about marijuana. Marijuana increases your chances, your chances of schizophrenia and psychotic breaks. And we know it's effect on teenagers. You don't see a lot of straight-A students being habitual pot smokers. And look, I am not... And if you think that, oh my God, you're going against holistic stuff, understand, like almost all the benefits of THC you can get from CBD oil, high dose CBD oil. We have an episode on this. So those are like, no, you must you must smoke pot to get the benefits of cannabis. A, I mean, there's a lot of studies saying that that you know the effects of cannabis, the benefits of cannabis are overblown and we know that's done by the marijuana industry and b a lot of the benefits again can be done by cbd and look to its credit you see tons of cbd stores now a lot of them though of course uh don't tell you that you know you need to have a therapeutic dose of cbd oil for it to be effective but that's neither here nor there today we're talking about alcohol alcohol is a class one carcinogen as defined by the International Agency for the Research on Cancer, which is a branch of the WHO, we have episodes and podcasts and articles about different things that are in your house today that would be classified as carcinogens. Alcohol is a class one carcinogen. It increases your chances of getting cancer of all types anywhere in your body. I mean, we typically think of alcohol maybe increasing your chances of, of esophageal cancer or oral pharyngeal cancer, throat cancers, but no, it increases your chances of all cancers, all cancers. It is a toxin, guys. We have an episode probably three years ago on, on the scam that's resveratrol. So resveratrol is an enzyme that's found in red wine. So there was this big fad, like fad probably, oh, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, about, oh, drink, resver- drink red wine. Red wine's good for you. And so the studies about resveratrol being good for your, your heart were done on mice. It was never demonstrated to be done on humans. And even, even if it was demonstrated for humans to be good for heart health, it's still toxic for the remainder of your body. So no, there is no good reason to drink alcohol. It is a toxin and it's best to be abstemious from it. But a lot of people, they can't. Why? Because... In their adolescence, that's when they were exposed to alcohol and they picked up the habit. They picked up the habit. So now anytime they they look for studies like the resveratrol scam studies, 
And then anytime you tell them that alcohol is bad for even moderate doses, they get all mad. Because you're hooked on it. Alcohol is bad on every level. We know what it does with drunk drivers. We know what it does with abuse in households, female to male, male to female, monkeys to dogs, you know, whatever it is. We know it's not good there. It affects men and women, their jobs, their livelihood, their relationships, their interpersonal dynamics with people in their lives. It's not good, my friends. The government defines alcohol dependence as having 14 drinks or more for a man in a given week and 10 drinks or more for a woman on a given week. So we've talked about this numerous times. I think we have a standalone episode on this maybe two years ago. So how many people are are reaching that threshold? How many people are reaching that threshold? Quite a few, unfortunately. And it's sad because I think... Like, if you go to my Confessions of an Obese Child feed, I talk about, like, I didn't get hooked on alcohol, and that was one of the ancillary benefits of being obese and being a social outcast, is that I was not invited to these parties. So I was not really exposed to, now I guess you could be a social outcast and go to your back room out of depression and drink alcohol and smoke pot and do all these things. But typically those things are going to be more of the kind of communal, convivial things, especially at that age. If you're going to smoke pot or drink alcohol, you're going to do it with friends, you're going to do it in a group. You're not going to do it alone. So since I was a pariah, I never developed that that interest or desire. And even after I lost my weight at 18 when I went to college, uh, I didn't really like the the fraternities because you know they were the type of people that used to bully me when I was a child and I didn't want to consort with them. And so even in college, I didn't drink. And so once you reach that mid-20s when your frontal lobe is fully developed, the one that's responsible for emotion and reason and so forth, you you can stay back and stand back and just be like, why would people drink? This stuff's not good for you. And I understand, like, it makes you feel good. And this is why alcohol dependence occurs, because you have your glass of wine or beer after work, after a hard day of work, and why do you do it? You do it to numb yourself. And then after a little while, it just becomes a habit. A habit that you cannot live without. And it's very difficult to live without. That's how alcohol gets you. Just like some of the other things. Just like some of the other drugs. I need my glass of wine to escape. So, I mean, the the more prudential thing is figure out what you need to escape from instead of using something to escape. Because ultimately it does is you become a slave to that new thing. Right? You become a slave to the new thing. We talk about freedom. We talk about MGTOW freedom. We talk about freedom to do what you want, when you want, where you want. But you don't want to be a man or a woman who has the ability and versatility to live your life, but you still are enslaved by an addiction, whether it be shopping, gambling, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. So I think it's important to look in the mirror and see, do I have a problem with alcohol? I mean, I have a friend who there was a truck, a truck that pulled up in front of her house for like an hour. And she was worried that this guy was was scoping out her house. She eventually goes up to the car, the truck, and the dude's passed out. And apparently he had passed out in the middle of the night. He drove drunk, 
thought he was in front of his house, but was so drunk he couldn't get in the house. So he fell asleep in his car. Then she tells him, this isn't your house, this isn't your neighborhood. Then he falls back asleep, passed out drunk. And look, I mean, ye who has not sinned can throw the first stone. I mean, how many people have driven drunk and have been fortunate not to be pulled over or kill somebody? But I think I think the penalties for alcohol and driving, DWI, should be very severe. Because taking away your license and eh, people be like, I have to work, I still have to do it, da-da-da-da-da. They'll make excuses. I think it'd be, it should be very draconian because, again, a lot of people die from drunk driving or get injured from drunk drivers. Lots of times it's not even the drunk driver that gets killed. It's the other person, the victim. So let's enforce and put in harsh rules. First DWI, $20,000 fine. If you can't pay it, they they take it from your taxes, your tax rebates. For those of you who get tax rebates, go to that episode we did about a month ago about how uh, dads don't get a lot of tax rebates because you can't write off the, the kids as dependents. And then make it mandatory that a breathalyzer's got to be put in the car. The car doesn't turn on unless you breathe in and you don't have alcohol. Now, of course, these mechanisms can be rigged. There would be a black market for it, of course. But there's something to be said about the same reason why abortion should not be legal in America. There's something to be said about not sanctioning a vice. And right now, yes, we have laws on the books, but how many guys get DUIs, DWIs, and no, they get four or five of them and it's no big deal before they end up killing somebody. Because the penalties aren't that harsh. And lots of times you can get stricken from your record if you have an exemplary background. I know somebody who got a DWI and uh, they had a perfect, pristine background. So it got off their, off their record. Uh, no, it shouldn't be off your record. If, and you can be like, well, Gregory, the 0.825 is too low. You know, you can come up with these excuses. The abstemious ones don't come up with the excuses. But whatever number you put, there's always going to be somebody that's, oh, that number's too low, that number's too high. Da, 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 da. You know, there's no there's no good number as to what defines as out, uh, as being under the influence. So let's just be very hard. If you are pulled over and you have a higher than whatever the state says it is, boom, throw the book. Because it would serve as a deterrent if you made the fine really high. Yeah, sort of, of course, rich people could still pay 20000 in cash immediately, but it's like a syntax with cigarettes and junk food. And I'm not necessarily a big fan of either of those things. Junk food really kills yourself. It's not going to kill others. But something like alcohol kills others. So make it. First offense, $20,000. You have to pay it or you're put in jail until you can pay it. And they put in the breathalyzer in your car for five years. Then if you should demonstrate that you, you know, you, you, you can breathe into the car. And again, I understand it can be cheated. Then it, it's removed. But let's make it harder. You know, when, when, when alcohol was prohibited in 1920 with prohibition, that was largely pushed by the Americans' temperance movement. That was largely pushed by women because women were largely feeling uh, the effects of alcoholic men beating the crap out of them. And, of course, that was really before the onset of automobiles. But there's something to be said that, yeah, I mean, we've, we've had alcohol. I mean, my people have had pulque, which is a fermented drink from the cactus. You know, every indigenous, every civilization is going to have alcohol. And, of course, 
legislating stricter penalties isn't going to make it necessarily go away. But I think there's something to be said that we do have to say what is true. And we have to be consistent. Look, we can't say that drugs are bad for you, marijuana is good for you, caffeine's good for you, alcohol is bad for you. I feel like we need to be consistent on some of these things. And we're still relatively consistent on drugs being bad for you. But the thing is, like, we can't say, oh, marijuana is good for you in 24 states, but alcohol is still bad for you. I would tell you ban all of them. I understand the black market. I understand, you know, we saw 13 years of what prohibition did. I understand all that. But there needs to be a consistent thing. And certainly I would tell you that alcohol, driving under the influence, alcohol is worse than marijuana. It is. And is there going to be ever a time that we can get totally get rid of alcohol, alcoholism? No. But let's call it for what it is. Any of you who are drinking alcohol, you're going to die younger. Shorter life expectancy, about seven years. You're going to blow out your liver. You're going to blow out your kidneys. You're going to have a heart attack. I mean, all the effects, cancer, all the effects of drinking alcohol. So let's see these commercials. Instead of Budweiser commercials of this schlubby dude with the hot wife that's always shown in football commercials, let's have actual commercials. Alcohol is a class one cancer causer. It will shorten your life expectancy. Now, will it make a difference? No. I mean, you see like Philip Morris and these tobacco companies that always have this, the, 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 the smoking cessation commercials, and they do it for public relations to look good, but they already know that their customers are hooked on nicotine. And the last I looked, I think 90% of people who smoke never stop smoking because nicotine is so addictive. Vaping, same thing. Vaping's got nicotine. So they know, and you'll see this like drive responsibly commercials. They know people are hooked on this stuff. They're not going to stop. Look at COVID, right? Alcohol stores were considered essential, but churches were not essential during a time where people were anxious and stressed and needed to go to church. But let's call a spade a spade. Alcohol is evil. Alcohol is bad. It is, it is considered a grave sin in Scripture. Drinking wine is not. Drunkenness is enumerated at least four times that I can think of off the top of my head, mostly in the New Testament, as being a sin. So let's call a spade a spade. Alcohol is bad for us spiritually. It's bad for us certainly physically. It's bad for our relations with people in our life. And if you know that who grew up with an alcoholic or have an alcoholic spouse or an alcoholic child, it's horrific. I don't know how we could stop it. I think the key is, is getting the youth to stop, even though binge drinking is, is crazy right now, crazy exorbitant. I don't know what the solution is, but I think one of the things is let's call a spade a spade and just be honest that alcohol is horrible. And I don't want you to be under any pretense that alcohol is good for your body. Red wine, hard liquor, spirits, whatever. It's bad. Stay away from it, please. Because it's going to benefit your physical health, people in your life, and the society in general. Guys, if you appreciate my content, please post an awesome review. It'll only take you five seconds. If you have an Apple product, you can post a review. You could also post a review on Spotify. I'm also on Spotify. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for Naturopathic Earth, the website. You can check out all my articles, recipes, and all past podcasts from the last five years. And you can also... Subscribe and follow to the three feeds, The Awakened Man, Femaleistic of the Apothecary, and Confessions of an Obi Child. And lastly, please click on the link to donate money to help defray the cost of hosting this on the server. Until next time, take care, God bless, and pray.